0: Everybody, before we jumped into the episode we just wanted to make a quick statement. Um, we just wanted to acknowledge what is going on in current events specifically regarding police brutality and anti-racism uh, and we just wanted to affirm that black lives matter that we stand proudly with the black creators that have helped us with this podcast through uh, through our through our amazing guests through our amazing support, through questions, comments, listeners. We just wanna say that we stand with you and we want to do what we can as white people to make sure that we can make this world a better and safer place for you. Um, So to reiterate, um, we hope that everybody is doing what they can during this time, finding that balance between fighting for what is right while also trying to take care of yourselves And whatever fighting looks like for you, whether it is protesting, whether it is having difficult conversations with people, whether it's donating, we hope that you are continuing to do that. We know that this is getting posted a little late, um, but we're hoping that this is a reminder to keep going and to keep fighting and also a reminder for us to keep at it as well. Uh, So thank you, everybody, again uh, for We hope that we can do what we can to make this world a better, safer place for black people and to make sure that we can truly find a way to live in an anti-racist society. So thank you very much for listening.
1: Um, Down in the show notes, uh, instead of our usual uh, links to stuff about the show and whatnot, instead, we're going to have a, a local charity that's, um, that's in need of funds for you to donate to if you can. Um, And also I will post two articles, one about how to protest uh, safely in this time of Corona and also another one on how to properly um, properly film police misconduct. Um, We just want, you know, uh, we just want everybody to know we're in it. And we're, you know, it's a difficult time, but we will all get through this together.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to I hope I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran Donnie.
1: I'm your neophyte Frank.
0: And today we're taking a look at Degrassi: The Next Generation, season five, episode seventeen, Total Eclipse of the Heart.
1: Which honestly is like, doesn't that song feel just so page?
0: Yes, yes. It, it feels like. I mean, we'll get into this episode. But, and, like, I don't try to stack up the song titles and the songs to the episodes and the content of them. But, man, this is such a letdown for such, like, a a fucking masterpiece of a song.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It just, it like, it just feels like a page song. Like, just something she would sing at karaoke.
0: Yes. This feels very much like a page karaoke song.
1: Yeah. Uh... (laughs)
0: OK, oh, yeah, um, I guess before we get too far, the big content warning for this one is the B plot features underage drinking, like drunken levels of underage drinking. Um, so as always, if you need to skip, just check the description below to see exactly where. Um, and uh, Frank, you want us to figure out what that A plot and B plot are?
1: Um, the A-plot is all about Dylan coming home for the summer to try and woo back... Mi- uh, I nearly said Michael. To try and woo back Michael. Marco. <laughs> He's trying to woo back Michael from Arrested Development, which is weird, because <laughs> Justin Bateman isn't on the show. Um, um, And Tim is caught in the mix. Um, and then the B-plot is Liberty's... Uh, child is the the adoptive parents are moving across the country, and um, she is not reacting well to it.
0: Yeah, so um, we'll do our B plot first, A plot second.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Good. So um, yeah, okay. Before we even get into this, I just want to scream from the fucking rooftops: Why the fuck is Liberty not getting an A plot? For any of this shit.
1: Oh, wait, I'm sorry, cheating.
0: Oh, yeah, we're talking about cheating and infidelity as well. That's going to be dominating the A-plot. We'll just give a heads up again when we get to that piece. But I I want to ask, why is Liberty going through all of these major fucking life developments and major fucking conflicts that are genuinely interesting and genuinely compelling and they're getting sidled to B-plots?
1: um because of racism
0: <laughs> I mean yes that's that's really the answer but it's like it's just preposterous to me um and I know this is going to be venting before we even get through the key plot points but like I'm genuinely surprised revisiting the series of how little autonomy she has one as a as a character two just how like these how all of this is done in B plots, it's it's wild to me. But um, I mean, we open it up in the library. Liberty is tutoring Derek and Danny because um, it's exam season. We're getting toward the end of the series, uh, end of the season. The only time <laughs> we go. Yeah, no, not
1: a long way to go.
0: We are nowhere near the end of the series, but
1: <laughs> we're not even close to halfway.
0: <laughs> no, we're not. You're right. Um, but we're getting toward the end of the school year, which, as we know with Degrassi, we only know two things: we know the beginning of the school year, we know the end of the school year. The rest of the time, who the fuck knows? Um, but, um. There's some, like, you know, some side chatter. They're clearly struggling with preparing for their exams. And Derek asks Liberty, like, hey, maybe we can, like, grab a pizza and hang out at, like, you know, at your place. Um, And Liberty seems really receptive toward this. Um, We haven't really had that much time with Liberty. We see that she's in school. We see that she's participating at a level that we've kind of come to expect with her. But in terms of her emotional state, in terms of any of that stuff, we really have not been privy to any of it. And honestly, we really haven't been privy to it the whole fucking time because she rarely, if ever, really gets to speak for herself. And as we talked about, sorry, my girls are play. <laughs> they decided as soon as recording was, it was time to play. Um <laughs> they're, they're, they're like throwing me off my game um but um the big issue that that a lot of her plots or a lot of things that feature her recently has been like she has been going through these things and she hasn't been able to speak for herself so so we really have no idea where she's at and and surface level from what we can glean we see that she's back in school she's doing things that she's comfortable doing. Um, so everything's just kind of up in the air, really, in terms of her friendships. Like we don't really know what her friendships are like. We don't see her hanging out with the other with the other cast members, really. Um, honestly, the most contact she's had with characters that are in the cast has been Danny and Derek, um, and then like occasionally JT. But once again, they're not together. It's it's that's a whole mess. And then Toby, who also is very much pushed to the sidelines, so we end up at Liberty's place, um, and her parents approach her and are like, "Oh, hey, guess what? Like, you're you know your kid who we have an open adopt like you have an open."
1: Sorry, um, before we move on, I just the thing with um, Derek is I thought. I honestly thought Derek was kind of pulling a Loretta Lynn Rated X kind of thing. Um, I I don't want to mansplain, but do you get that reference?
0: No, I don't.
1: Um, Rated X by Loretta Lynn is a song about how divorcees attract more men. Because if you've been a married woman, um, it's just just like everybody knows that you've loved once, they think you'll love again. You can have a male friend if you're a husband, but if you're a a woman, you're a rated X. Um, Because that's what I thought was going on, where, like, Derek was just kind of like, oh, well, like, she's, you know, to put it as nicely as I can, experienced, like, why not me? Kind of thing.
0: Oh, Okay
1: that's That was my original thought And we'll see where that Evolves um, mm. with, Regarding Derek So um, As you were saying
0: Yeah I mean we jumped to um, The next major thing Which I find to be really really big Because we really don't know too much About the nature of Liberty's adoption At this point where we have it Established that it is an open Adoption Um that there seems to be some form of contact, which is which you know is is good to hear. However, um, the parents of Liberty's uh, kid are apparently going to just be moving to Seattle.
1: Yeah, they're they're like our baby needs to see the space point space needle. <laughs>
0: right, like our baby needs to needs to be in constant weird hazy rain all the time.
1: <laughs> our baby needs to wear flannel.
0: Yeah, like okay. Um which like you know fine fair enough your prerogative. It does make me curious what the timeline is with this because like it can't have been more than a couple months, really. Like I,
1: I mean, I I I feel like sometimes moves happen like that where like you get a new you get a new job and you're just like, well, time to mm-hmm. bounce.
0: Yeah, and you're like probably looking at new jobs because you're already having a kid, and you're like, oh, I want God make more money. Oh, here's my opportunity. Yeah, fair enough. It's just like, damn. Like I don't want to have to travel with a newborn like that. I don't want to have to like move into a home with a newborn. That just sounds like a lot, honestly. But yeah. um, what what do I know?
1: But we uh, also get, we also have to consider that the Zagrosy writers did not think that hard.
0: No, no, they're just like, we need a plot point. We um,
1: need drama.
0: We need drama. Um, but yeah, like.
1: Uh, <laughs> you said that in your. I'm talking to the cat. Like you're talking as the cat's voice. I just imagine you'd be like, "We need drama, mama."
0: They're always like that though. Like we love drama, please. <laughs> oh, they were like chasing an ant yesterday, and you would have thought it was like the fucking like most dramatic moment of their lives. They're like stalking it. They're like. Staring it down. They're still staring at the spot it was at, even though it crawled away, because they have no skills as hunters. It's wild and amazing.
1: Mother, I crave violence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's them. Mother, (laughs) I crave (laughs) violence.
1: So, um. Uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, where do we go from here?
0: Uh, huh. Well, the parent. Well, Liberty's parents are like, oh yeah, so your kid is moving. And Liberty's like, what? And then. Um, uh, she's, she's pretty taken aback by it because she's like, well, wait, it's like an open adoption and everything. And her parents point out to her like, yeah, it is. But like, you know, they do have a right to move. The kid is legally there. It's like, you you can't prevent the kid from moving away from you. Um, and she, she has like a, you know, she's very upset. And then they say, hey, like they were asking if you wanted to see the kid. And she shuts down immediately Um, and she's, she's like, well, you know, like, I already gave him up and is really, really, um, upset by this. Um, and once again, it's like, why is this a B-plot? This seems to be a very important discussion to have because, um, I think in general, there's a lot of nuance to be had in, in discussions of adoption, um, and I don't think, media has done as well as they could with this topic and it just kind of feels like why this plot this whole entire the whole entire thing about liberty's pregnancy plot to me is just like it feels like it i know this is hard probably to explain to like you frank but like when this plot was coming out so many media critics were like, oh, this is so, like, daring. It's so, um, you know, it's so compelling and blah, 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 blah. And watching it, I'm like, all the compelling shit they're not really going into. Like, it would be genuinely interesting to see Liberty processing the boundaries with an open adoption, right? It would be interesting to see her, you know, have to really, really figure out, like, you know, what can she do, what can she not do, not just from, like, a legal perspective, but from an emotional perspective, like, how much can she give, how much does she have to, you know, tuck away, and how does she deal with that, on top of the fact that she is a student, she is a perfectionist, and she still wants to do that part, too, and to have this reveal just be this very, like, to make... It's weird because it's trying to be used in this episode as, a, as, like, a catalyst for her to start, like, lashing out. Whereas I think a lot of the plot very well could be made in this complicated issue.
1: Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's the same thing with every Liberty plot. Like, it's just like, hey, are we going to think about in this in depth? No, we'll just have the character yell a lot and get angry and like you know act out. Like that's that's the only song they know for Liberty.
0: Yeah. Like but she 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 gets punished in some way because her emotions Because she has, like, a very – I feel like every time she has – except for, like, okay, let's say the episode where she, like, takes over a bit too much coaching the field hockey team. Like, okay, fine. Maybe maybe she crossed a line there. But, like, any other time she gets mad and she vocalizes her concerns, I'm right there with her. Like, I'm never, like, oh, maybe she shouldn't. Like, every single time I'm like, no, you're right. You have every right to be angry. You have every right to be pissed off at people.
1: Yeah, but it's just, like... I, I don't feel like they handled this nonsensically. They didn't handle this sensibly from the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And here at the end, it's just like, well, fuck it. Like, we don't... Right. Why bother?
0: Right. It's it's just a real shame because it's, once again, like... And maybe maybe it's one of those things where this plot when it was done in the series, like, you know, it's not always done with, like, a principal character. It's not always, like, you know, it's not always, like, a plot that's woven into the whole entire season, blah, 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 Like, maybe at the time it could be. But revisiting it is one of those major plots that just truly just did not age well. Like, it's just not what it needs to be from the perspective of discussing the topic of teenage pregnancy, and most importantly uh you know a long standing plot with a black girl as the character. Yeah. It's just ugh, like I know I know there are other things that do this better and it's just it's just disappointing that this was one of the the laurels that the series rested on for so long.
1: I mean you we saw this like I actually like Juno did this so much better. Like, and kind of covering, like, hey, what would a girl go through? And, like, how would she deal with this with the the baby's father? Like, I mean, I watched Juno two years ago, and it still holds up. Like, but this is just, like, such a... mm,
0: Right. Such a problem. It is. So, like, they drop this information to her. She's clearly upset about it, and then she shuts down. And then we just move on to the next part of the plot, which is also entirely bungled by the, by,
1: So, um, after helping, like, I guess, uh, Derek and Danny during a free period, they come over to study at night and, um, uh, Danny, goes to get a pizza, um, leaving uh, Derek and Liberty alone. And Derek starts asking about like the adoption process. And this is where I kind of realize what Derek was doing. Um, And then Derek says like, like, you know, he's like, do you have any regrets? Like, you know, what was it like? And like Liberty starts like telling him to like, stop asking her. And he's, like, he points out, like, well, I was adopted, so I'm trying to figure it out for myself. And that could have been a really compelling plot line, you know, for both of them. But instead, Liberty just yells at him to shut up and, like, storms out of the room past Danny, who doesn't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, it's just, there's no momentum whatsoever, like... It just is dropped, and then just all right. Here you go.
1: Because like I feel like they've set up Liberty to be this character who would like who would try and help him understand. Like she would say to him, like look, like it was a cho- it was a ch- tough choice, and like this sucks. And instead, like she just acts out, and I'm just like, why? This doesn't This doesn't read as liberty, the liberty I've spent the last, you know, it's only been two years, but, like, the last five seasons with, like, learning about. Like, Liberty is, like, a bossy know-it-all. And, like, she's, you know, bossy for a reason because she knows what she's doing most most of the time. But, like, she didn't do anything here
0: fault her for that because I do think that what Derek did like is just activating her further I'm not gonna fault Liberty and, and I, I wouldn't I feel like many people would react similarly right like they would see this and be like hey what the fuck like I, I think also and I don't know how much we're intended to read it this way but the way I read it was um, Liberty was hoping for a sincere connection with him um, was hoping that he wanted to spend time with her for genuine reasons, just to be friendly, um, and finding out that there was this intent to to get more information, even if it is a genuine concern or curiosity to have as somebody who who has gone through what he has gone through. Um, you know, she was very upset that that was the case. And I, I don't blame her for that, and I think that her, her reaction in that sense is okay. Um, I'm more put off by the fact that it, it just is so abrupt. Like, her her reaction makes more sense if we stretched out her dynamic with Derek, with her thinking that, you know, this was going to be a sincere connection, right? It would make more sense if maybe we had another scene or some sort of buildup in this dynamic for her to react that way um but also like it's i i i also do feel as though Derek kind of unceremoniously asking that is also kind of bullshit right like it's not i understand why he wants to know and i think that there was a way to ask but that wasn't the way to ask so i'm not going to fault liberty for being upset and I, I don't think that it's out of character per se, but I do think that she's in a very activated state and, and the way that he went about it further made her upset.
1: I can see that. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, no. I see the fault of my logic. Um, <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, we cut to Liberty taking her biology test. Um, I just kind of want to close out this plot <laughs> like, You're valid um, oh Liberty's taking her biology test JT's back um, Yes lovely. And he's just like oh, like, I can't believe like I didn't even finish And I had the whole period Like, How quick did you do it And she's like well I didn't even start it And she turns in a blank test To her uh, lovely biology teacher And he just looks through it and it's completely blank. Um, We cut again to the parents um, who are saying, like, you, this isn't like you. Like, I can't believe this. Like, that was worth 30% of your grade. Uh, Liberty just kind of doesn't care. And um, the parents leave. Uh, Derek and Danny are back. And Danny's like, well, time to watch some porn.
0: Yeah, just like right in front of Liberty, like, yeah, we're watching porn. What's good?
1: <laughs> it just, I, I've, I've said this on this podcast. Like, who, like, why watch porn with somebody else? Like, no, like, yeah, do whatever you want in your own house, but like, I just don't get it. If I'm you,
0: confused by the sincere look at it.
1: Like if if you if if you can explain why, write to us at iHopepod at gmail.com.
0: Right? Like <laughs> I, I understand like watching like ridiculous porn with friends, but the sincere looking at it, it happens so often in this in this series that it's particularly confusing.
1: Yeah, like he should be like, yo, I found this weird hentai, let's watch this.
0: That's what I mean. Like, I feel like I would be, uh, I would be more like, yeah, okay, if it was like within that context. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I maybe, maybe it's also because I have never been a cis teenage boy, and maybe, maybe I'm just missing something. Mm-hmm. But also, you don't know either, so maybe it's just an experience that neither of us have ever, ever, ever had.
1: Well, I mean, like, I remember at times my friends were like, yo, we're going to watch some porn. I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) Like, I think I'll be going. (laughs) Because I'm just like, why is this, like, I I was just like, this is not a group activity, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I could maybe see it when you're older, but the thought of like I was also raised Catholic, so I think this also impairs my my judgment of this of this thing because the thought of like being 15 and having the confidence in myself and my sexuality to be like, yeah, let's watch porn together. Like, would never happen. Never. Never ever ever ever. I'd be terrified by the prospect. Like, It it was bad enough, like, it was, like, embarrassing enough to to say, hi, I think, like, an anime character's hot. Like, I can't imagine being like, hey, let's go, like, watch this porn together. But also, maybe I'm a hypocrite because I do work in fanfic circles where it's totally normal to go up to a friend and, for example, like, friend of the show Z and be like, hey, Z, can you edit my fucking porn? Thank you. So, like, maybe, maybe I'm just a hypocrite.
1: Well, no, because that's different Like, with with Fan fiction porn Like, you can have it be Whatever you want Like, with real porn There's, besides just the nasty Nasty side of, like The business side of porn Which is iffy at best Like, you know Then you have to, like, deal with what that person's doing Like, what that person thinks is hot And sometimes it's not the same thing And Mm -hmm. it becomes awkward um, where is that going with this? Our um, mass
0: confusion concerning uh concerning it, this. Well, it's
1: just like I I, I think like the difference is because like you're still being driven by your imagination when you're reading it. Mhm. Like you still have to imagine the scenario and like you know the the parts coming together and what have you with regular porn. It's just like, it's there. Like, though I would, okay. en- I would enjoy, I think group erotic readings would be fun. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily of good erotic fan fiction, but just, you know, terrible erotic fan fiction. <laughs> um, but it's just like, I don't know, like, um, the whole thing is weird. Let's just leave it at that. Um, though, kids, whoever, or forever young people who are li- who are listening in on this, um, if you want to find a way to hide pornography from your parents, just start reading it. Nobody's going to slog through a 20,000 word fan fiction to find the five paragraphs of smut. <laughs> Like you are safe. That
0: fucking ratio. You're not wrong.
1: You know, like you knew where it was in like the romance novels. Like yeah. You, yeah. you get to like the last eighth, and like that's the finally the time for for the lovemaking.
0: <laughs> uh, yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs>
1: Though I've definitely read some professionally published erotica where I've like had to reread the paragraph a few times and just be like, wait, that was busy somewhere else, so what's going on?
0: Honestly, like the frickin' uh, coordination of body parts in writing like not safe for work stuff is one of the most challenging things to me. I find it interesting, but like I swear to God, like I spend so much of writing that stuff. Like I write like two lines and then I pause and I'm like, okay, okay. So like their arms here and here um, and their legs are here. Okay. So if they go here, like, it's like a puzzle because it's like, you want it to be clear enough. It's really hard. I mean, I assume I'm like really bad at combat, but I feel as though it's a pretty similar type of thing where it's so like physically involved. You really have to figure out where everyone is. And where every part is, and I feel like, also, like I feel like word choice. I don't know. I find writing porn to be very interesting. I don't know how good I am at it, but I find it interesting to write because of that that piece of it. Anyway, I find it really. Ho- I think it's really hard to write. I don't think everyone knows what they're doing when they write it, and that doesn't just go for fanfic. I think also like published stuff. It's like, okay, hmm, what? Where is that hand going? I thought it was doing this moments earlier.
1: Yeah, and also just like pornography, like pornography is not good sex.
0: No. <laughs>
1: it's it's pretty it's pretty terrible sex. Yeah. Like
0: he's not gonna talk about that.
1: Yeah. Um. So anyway, let's, as I said, let's finish this out. <laughs> We've talked like five, ten minutes about porn. Um. So Liberty decides to continue to hit the skids. Um and or continually to like act out. I think that's a better way to put that. And she downs most of a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey from what I I think I've read the labels yeah, or it
0: generic Jack Daniels. Jake uh Jake David's
1: <laughs> John Danny's. <laughs> <laughs> um uh Jeffrey Dunn's whiskey anyway um so
0: to, to Einstein she's like okay
1: <laughs> like she's like she's like just doing shots she's like Heisenberg gulp Mary Curie gulp <laughs> <laughs> she's
0: like it, it's like it's like that but then it's also the energy of fuck you dad because it's like the whole, like, him being, like, doing that whole, like, I don't know who you are anymore. And it's like, Aaron just being like, nobody does! And the thing is, it's like, I, I, I really hate when teen media really botches this. Because I feel like it is one of the most, like, universally known emotions that a teenager goes through. And it's always fucking, like, mocked, I feel like, even though the feeling is so real and true. And especially in the case of, like, a marginalized person, is, like, that alienation is, has, like, a whole lot of reasons going on that isn't just, like, teen angst. Like, no, it's true. Like, you do feel lonely having to face it, face this world in a certain way and having this experience. And in the case of Liberty, like, it's not like she has other friends who have gone through this. It's not like she has, like, you know, people to go off of. Like, when she says that she, like, doesn't know what she's, she doesn't know who she is or that she's struggling with her identity or that she's struggling with, like, where she's supposed to go now, like, it's a real thing. And I feel like, and it's not to say that, like, her struggling with drinking or, like, you know, like, you know, abusive, like, self-abusive measures like that is a joke, but I feel like the way that, They framed it. Just didn't really go into kind of the severity of the situation.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't have anything to add. That was very well put. And um,
0: just hear about her so much.
1: As do I. Mm -hmm. Uh, They at one point uh, Danny and her tussle over the uh, whiskey bottle. She ends up punching a mirror. Um, she's like, like, oh god, my parents are gonna kill me.
0: Bottle slams into the mirror. She punched that.
1: Uh, Danny makes a shitty comment, like, well, you didn't break up your face, it's just a mirror, who cares? Um.
0: She also calls herself, like, stupid, and I think it was, like, stupid, useless, and, like, one other qualifier, and I found that to be, like, deeply upsetting. Yeah. And, like, it's totally glossed over.
1: Yeah. Um... And then she ends she shouts, I abandoned my baby. Um and Derek uh kinda pulls it out for me actually at the end. He says, like, well, um my my mom left me with a letter and some other things to kind of remember her by, like and they kinda they decide to do that too. Yeah. Um except like liberty and true liberty fashion basically has a treasure chest you would see in Legend of Zelda or, like, a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Yeah, <laughs> I love s- it. To send them along with them to fucking Portland. And everybody's throwing in trinkets and whatnot yeah. about life yeah. at the De- grassy. And I, I, actually, I really did enjoy the scene. Like, it kind of clutches it out at the end. I wish the what preceded it was better. And I also like the fact they included JT. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, honestly, I wish... I I think that it's—I don't know. There's part of me that appreciates that this plot is is Liberty's plot, and that JT doesn't have a huge presence in it because, at the end of the day, this is—you know—this is a, a deeply personal, on an emotional and physical level, for a thing for Liberty. But it's also like I feel like we don't really get much, like, it just feels like her relationship with JT is just not really, we just kind of infer what's going on, but it's like, I feel like there's a journey there as well that we're just not seeing.
1: Yeah. Because, like, the last time they saw each other, like, it was not great. And now, (laughs) now they're back together, and it's just like, I could have done one less Craig plot for this, just saying. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so th- that kind of that kind of ends the B plot. Um. So let's move on to that A plot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to reiterate, Liberty deserves better. Yeah. Um, Liberty deserves better, and um, oh look at that, Liberty deserves better. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Funny how that works.
1: Yeah. So I'm about to watch uh Donnie uh, but go Super Saiyan.
0: Is mm-hmm. uh, it
1: <laughs> what?
0: As if, like, the B- B-plot wasn't me on the verge as well. Ugh. <laughs>
1: um, I've often said of myself that I'd like to be able to go Super Saiyan just because that's how I'd end arguments. Like, I'd make my final closing statement and just go Super Saiyan and fly away. <laughs>
0: that's so valid.
1: <laughs> Before anybody could counter. <laughs> okay. I mean,
0: I... I'll try to not ruin the the volume levels when I go through this one.
1: Eh, it doesn't matter. I get the of in post. <laughs> right. Anyway, um. So, uh, we are at the dot. Yeah. With, pa- with Paige, Marco, um, Ellie,
0: <laughs> Ellie, and Alex. It's a good dream team, honestly.
1: Yeah. Um. And they've been studying nonstop. and Paige says it's time for them, or no, um, Tim shows up, and, like, Tim isn't studying for exams for some reason. Um, Isn't Tim, Tim
0: I don't think is in the same grade, so he might just not have the same level of uh, dedication. Also, Marco is wound so fucking tightly, I feel like. Yeah. most people don't have the same study habits as him. Um but as this is kind of happening, Paige also brings up like Dylan and Marco was fucking pissed. Yeah. Like rightfully so. Um
1: You know what's funny is uh, I thought, I was going to say like I never had this, but I only dated one person in college. Um so it was never just like you didn't tell me this person was going to be here.
0: Oh, I've been there. I've been and- there a few times.
1: Yeah. Um, anywho. So, um, Dylan shows up to pick up Paige, and not Alex, I guess. Um, which begs the question for me, is Paige out about her her relationship with Alex?
0: It's hard to tell, right? Because it's like, they're, they're not not together in school. But, like, we haven't had a coming out scene with them.
1: I mean, I honestly feel like... With the way Dylan's been handled, um, I feel like it was probably already. I feel like it was discussed. Mhm. Um, because like if Paige is, Paige and Alex are very open about it in school, where they're talking about like their three month anniversary and whatnot. Um, I feel like if they're gonna be that open, I mean, I know so like, excuse me, this is not my not my area of expertise. Um, I was just thinking, like, if they're going to be that open in school, I figure they would be that open at home. No. Yeah. I was
0: super out at school, and I was not out at all at home.
1: But, uh, but also, but, I, but I'm also. Uh, so my thought, but my thought does go back to like, well, they're okay with Dylan.
0: Right. I I could see Paige coming out. I don't think that's unrealistic. I don't think that's unrealistic. I could see Alex being like, uh, no, fuck no. Um, but I think that um, more more people than you'd think are out at school than they are at home. And school school's a very interesting space in the sense of like, is it possible that things could get back to your parents? Yeah, potentially. But also at the same time, not necessarily it's 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 a really weird risk you run that I myself just kind of went fuck it because like I had to be out somewhere um and I took the risk but um it never really got back to my parents and my parents were like my mom was the local pharmacist
1: yeah uh, well I I don't um I yeah, like I, I, I mean, we've also seen that with Marco, that Marco's out at school but not out at home.
0: This is why, this is why Marco's relatable to me because I too, I too, <laughs> was super out at school and not at all at home.
1: I was just trying to figure out like Paige's status essentially. Um, oh, yeah. But and, but I also I kind of want Paige, I kind of want Paige and Alex to be out at home too, <laughs> just because I want like, I know you know Alex deeply cares about her mom. But I would also like for Mrs. Michael Chuck to be, like, another calming presence in Alex's life.
0: That would be nice, yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Which also just reminds me of the, for some reason reminds me of this Taylor Tomlinson bit from her stand-up where, like, she's talking about, like, um, like, her friends are like, like, Taylor, you don't know how powerful it is just to, like, bang a guy and leave and Taylor's like well uh, have you ever like made some guy's mom like you more than him um, um, I haven't talked to him in 8 years I still talk to Sheila hell <laughs> every, yes. every year at Christmas she's like I miss you
0: <laughs> hell yes I I myself have not had this dynamic with a, with an ex's parent but I know people who have too where it's just kind of like <laughs> Yeah, so I don't talk to my ex. However, I do send a holiday card every single year to <laughs> to their mom.
1: So, so another quick tangent. People at work today were complaining about like we're talking about like Karens and whatnot, and they were like using other names, and they used my mom's name, uh, and I had to be like, hey, my mom's a saint, because <laughs> like
0: mom's a, your mom's a. <laughs> Apparently not. What? Mom, apparently not, according to uh, naming conventions.
1: Um, well, I think Susie's already said her name on the other podcast. So, like, her name is Susan, my mom.
0: Oh, um, I can see how that becomes a Karen adjacent, though.
1: Yeah, but my mom, like, has had, had two children who worked retail for, like, a solid decade. My mom's biggest fault when it comes to retail She doesn't want something if it's not refrigerated, she'll just kind of leave it on a random shelf.
0: No, (laughs) she's one of those. Whoa,
1: which we always chide her on, but she's just like, I can't be bothered. No,
0: that's so bad.
1: (laughs) But my mom doesn't raise her voice unless, like, it takes a lot to get her pissed off. Like, Mm -hmm. she's just like, Okay, I understand, and just will go about her day. Damn. But, but yeah. You know. anyway, um, so, anyway. um, sorry, I had a quick, like, white night, my mom. <laughs>
0: not all Susans.
1: <laughs> Has- hashtag not all
0: Susans. My mom is great until she leaves the milk in the middle of the uh, cereal
1: aisle. I forget, oh, yeah, my mom has decided to, like, she's, like, you know, she's she's getting on in years, and, like, our cat Boo, or her cat Boo loves to sharpen her claws on just about everything, and sometimes my mom can't get to her time, so she just, has started, like, sometimes, like, shooting a Nerf dart, like, near Boo.
0: Stop, (laughs) really?
1: To scare her.
0: Oh, my fucking God. Oh my god, the image of just, like, your your mother just whipping out a fucking Nerf gun, shooting it. Oh my god, this image is wild. <laughs> I also
1: um, I also texted my friend Kia, and I was just like, my mom needs to have words with you. And Kia's like, don't say shit like that, that terrifies me.
0: Yeah, rightfully so. If you said that to me, I'd be... Fucking freaking out! I'd be like, ah, fuck! What did I do? I don't even know what I've done, but I'm terrified, and I assume I have.
1: Um. Okay. What? Okay. Let's get back into it. Yeah. Uh,
0: let's do it. There's no. There's no moms in this. Up in this episode. Except yes, for there is. Except for Liberty's mom. And Liberty. Well, in Liberty, yeah, you're right.
1: Um. Not so, in the same spot. So, uh, Tim shows up, and um, like a good. Like a good crush boy. Um, or just a good crush. He's like, Let me um buy a round of drinks for everyone.
0: Yeah. Being a what? good trying to, you know, trying to, you know, we are in the I'm um, trying to do nice things for you, face. Please pay attention to me, I like you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you like me back, please circle one?
0: Ah,
1: yeah. Um So uh then uh Dylan shows up and um like Marco and him have a turbo awkward conversation.
0: hmm
1: Um we cut to our opening.
0: Well oh, no, most importantly, Tim rolls back and Marco's like, Oh, this is my boyfriend Tim.
1: Yeah. I forgot about that part. Don't um, forget
0: that part.
1: Ugh. Uh, uh, um, Tim. Uh, I kept thinking Tim Hortons in the whole thing. Awful. Oh. I I feel so bad. Um, I also feel bad that there was like near my parents' house, Tim Hortons like set up shop. I never went to it. Um. Anyway, eventually closed down. Anyway,
0: uh, Tim Hortons hasn't survived very well in the U.S. I, it's it's just. It, I, they're too saturated with other coffee places.
1: I think Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks have just like locked them out. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, uh, hard day at work. I'm blanking. Okay. Gather my thoughts. There they are. Okay. So, Paige and Marco are taking their tests. Um Marco continues to look like he's going to vomit constantly. Uh huh. Oh cut to lunch with the same crew uh, plus Tim and everybody's like let's go to a we're, we're gonna go to a gay bar Um, I, well, what was the, the other team um, yes. which I don't think is a pretty good I feel like it's well, a pretty good, a good name for, yeah. um, and like Paige basically takes a vote on who's in Alex Hand immediately goes up mm-hmm and they're just like oh cool We can go there and we won't get hit on And Ellie's just like great <laughs> Cause I think Ellie's Definitely gonna get hit on at this gay bar
0: I don't think so Because this is a gay Like a men loving men bar
1: Oh okay excuse me
0: That's what, that's, that's, that's what I'm assuming Is this situation Like she, She's not gonna get hit on either this, this seems to be very like men loving men
1: God, I'm just like Off my game tonight it's
0: okay. Um, We're recording on a Sunday night. Things are off.
1: Well, yeah, and I have to work today, so. Yeah. um, Plus, I took, like, two walks. <laughs>
0: That's true, you did.
1: Um, so, guess who shows up? Oh, so, uh, Tim is like, I've never been to a gay bar before. And um, Marco's like, yeah, I came here off. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. That feeling, like, Yeah. <laughs> um so uh they get in and honestly there's not that much going on in the in the gay bar except like dylan shows up
0: well tim and marco have a conversation first and they're talking about like oscar trivia and it seems like the two of them are are kind of connecting but then fucking Dylan's awkwardly dancing over there, and Mark was like, oh, "I gotta fucking say something to him."
1: I um, I are you doing Dylan's dance?
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, he was kind of like, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs>
1: I saw a Tumblr post, like, on this one episode of Killing Eve, like, Villanelle is supposed to dance, and she only kind of like, awkwardly moves her shoulders back and forth. I saw a Tumblr post where somebody was just like, I know she literally tops women, and this is still the gayest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, And, I honestly, I could, you know what, I could've, I could've like this plotline wasn't great for me for the fact that it excludes so much of like such a set of great cast of characters. Right. Like I honestly would have just loved to see like Ellie Page and Alex just having a grand old time dancing and whatnot. And maybe at some point Alex is just like arm wrestling a dude. Like.
0: <laughs> right. Right. It's also one of those things where I think this is really where this goes left for me in this scene. Like, at first, it's like, oh, it's awkward. You see your ex. You, you have, like, a new prospect. It's your first boyfriend. Things are going to be fucking weird. And-, and You know, it can very well just be in your own head you're making it more strained, right? Because you still haven't processed all of your feelings. You still feel weird. And this is like your first time you're seeing somebody after all of that time. So I do understand the first scene where Dylan rolls in and Marco feels really weird and things are just kind of like, ah, tension. But then we see Dylan dancing. And Marco approaches him and is like, hey, like, what the fuck? Like, did Paige tell you we were going to be here and, like, you know, plant you here? And Dylan's like, nah, I just wanted to see you. And it's like, now now this is where I think the age gap becomes important, right? Because at the time, it's like, okay, you two were in high school. You dated. You know, you went to college, but you stayed together. Fine. But now it's like he's still barking up the high schooler tree. And it's like... You're in college. You got other options, bro. Well,
1: I, I do agree with that. But for me, it's more about the boundaries tree. Cause this is That's, this, That too. This is a fucking nice guy move. Like, this is literally where you see text messages on the internet of a guy being like, Oh, uh, I work for student services and I found your phone number and I decided to text you because I thought you were pretty. Like... You don't just show up somewhere.
0: Right. And it also reiterates to me the biggest, one of the bigger red flags in this whole entire conversation piece, which is the fact that he doesn't give a shit about what he did. Like there's this discussion in the beginning of the episode and Paige Suggests that, you know, Dylan has has had time to think about what he's done and maybe he's better at you know he, he understands that he did something wrong.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think he even says sorry at any point.
0: No. He he is unrepentant and I think that the big thing is Cheating is one of those things where it's a very complicated topic, and, and I think a lot of people get hung up on, like, why did so-and-so cheat on this person? They're so fucking great. Like, why, Like, why you know, like, I don't understand why they did that, or, like, why they cheat on somebody who is not as hot as their, as their partner, blah, 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 blah. Because at the end of the day, I don't think cheating is really about being attracted to other people. It's just about, like, you—it's, like, power shit, really. It's, I have the ability to do this, and I'm going to fucking do this it's it's not it's just like or I can get away with it because I have the capacity and the power to and in this case I feel like it's just another example of it it's like I can invade the space with you because I know it's gonna fuck with you it's not sincere it's not oh I'm gonna like you know like oh I want to make amends you don't make amends in a fucking club that's not where you you have that that conversation and where you take accountability. He doesn't fucking take accountability at all. He's just like, ah, oh, I just want to see you. I don't know. It just really bugs me because it's like I I don't want to 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 you know kind of fall back on that very black and white once a cheater, always a cheater type deal. But you gotta show a character taking accountability at least, right? Like, you gotta at least say sorry. You gotta at least be like, let's have a conversation at the dot. Like, let's go somewhere neutral. Not a club where you know that, like, you probably are pretty privy to information. It's just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. This type of stuff really bugs me. And it's also, like, really upsetting to me to see it play out with and i don't know it's just i just don't like i don't like cheating pots and then i don't like this piece of how he's a college student and i don't know there's a whole lot of yuck in this yeah it's
1: um it's, it's just so bad um and it's just like <sighs>
0: and tim of course gets caught up in this this bullshit and it's like like, Tim is like, oh, like, I'm going to go grab water. Do you want any? And Marco, like, kisses him. And <clears throat> it's not to say that Marco wouldn't do it. I mean, we've seen Marco kiss Craig in a moment of, like, panic. Like, he seems to be a, a panic-kissing person. Um, but it's just, like, I, I don't like seeing this character, especially a character who we've seen become so proud of himself and become so confident in himself. Um it becomes so political in, in certain ways. Be be, f- be brought down by the presence of an ex like this, especially an ex who really hurt him. Like I don't wanna see that shit. What's what's the point? Is really what I don't understand with this plot. Like what what am I supposed to get out of this?
1: My thing is also just um Fuck. Um my thing is also with this is just like I feel so bad for Tim because yeah. like let us not forget that like Marco, you know, Marco lied to him. Yeah. And, and said like he did it to, like he did it to to help him, which was not a help. And like you know like I, I they don't bother telling you how things are are with Tim's dad. Mm-mm. Um, you know, but it's just like he like he's like Tim's going through his own journey and like Margot is just just futzing it up. Like Right. And right. It, and and even beyond all that, even beyond all that, it is cruel to make somebody think you like them at, when you don't. Right. Like.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think, I'm guessing this is supposed to be the parallel we're drawing between Marco and Dylan in that like Dylan used Marco and now Marco's kind of paralleling the same thing by using, by using Tim. hmm So, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the writers are trying to soften the blow with the Tim stuff by saying, like at the beginning of the episode, they're like, sorta dating like Marco is like eh, like he's not saying that they're not there's no romantic intent whatsoever but you can tell he's not really like super invested in it and I don't think that's a bad thing either I think that after going through a a pretty long-term relationship um, and having it end the way that he did that it did it could take him a long time before he wants to actually be in a relationship with someone after that. And that's fine. That's okay. Like you can have that character have that, it, it, but it's not okay to like, you know, force him to fit a certain narrative, regardless of what his feelings feel like are like, and kissing him and calling him a boyfriend when that conversation clearly hasn't really happened. Yeah. It's upsetting.
1: Yeah. Um, so we move from um, we move from the whatchamacallit, from the, the, the club to Mrs. Kwan's class.
0: Well, no. First, we're at a nebulous street because we have to have a Jane Eyre metaphor. But the truth is, I've never read Jane right. Eyre, so I can't tell you the validity of it. But it's basically... Uh, I guess a little ableism warning for this one where he where Marco is talking to Ellie and he says that like Tim is the reliable one and, and things like that and then he basically is like Dylan is like the bat shit character um but I don't know enough about Jane Eyre to, to confirm or deny is that the one with all the weather that's super symbolic
1: you mean I think that's Weathering Heights
0: ah uh, you're right I haven't read either well
1: so. it could you know what you could be right it could be Jane Eyre because I haven't read Jane Eyre either
0: I, I was really holding out you had read Jane Eyre. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Now okay. I can't tell you either way.
1: So, a um, little bit about Frank. I've never read any Jane Austen. I've, I've only read Wuthering Heights, and even that was kind of a mess. And I never read Little Women. I, I saw a Little
0: Women. I have what? read
1: Little Women. I saw I... Little Women. The, oh. the 2019 movie is amazing. <laughs> Um, except for the fact that Bob Odenkirk is the dad. Cause like, like my sister and I were watching it in the theater and we're just, Bob Odenkirk shows up. We're like, what? What?" It just takes you so out of the movie. Cause I know him as Saul Goodman. And it's just like, if you need some, if you need somebody to fight in, in the Civil War, better call Saul. (laughs)
0: Um, I just, like, there's a lot of, I don't know, I, I've read, like, most random Jane Austen books. I mean, no, I've read Pride and Prejudice, but then I read, uh, Northanger Abbey, and those are the two that I've read. Yes, the the Rough Draft book is the one that I read, because it was an assignment in my, uh, English class in college. Um, but, like, anytime I was, like, I was assigned those books there were usually other options and I usually went with the other options so like I never read a lot of the the, like I never read Wuthering Heights and never read Jane Eyre because like I forget what the other options were like they were on a list but I chose something entirely different but I was also a weirdo kid who like for fun read the entirety of like Les Mis and stuff and like I, I was reading at the time and I was reading what people would consider classics. I just, for whatever reason, like, did not touch those. Um But anyway, Marco's trying to frame this in a certain way. And it's like, I don't know. It's, if if Dylan didn't fuck up as bad as he did, I would enjoy kind of the rom-com of it all. Because it's such, like, a typical rom-com conflict, right? Do you go with the reliable one? Or do you go with the one that has, like, you know, a little, little bit of a a dark side. Like, yeah, that's always fun, but at the end of the day, it's, it's this weird thing where they're, like, trying to frame cheating as if that makes you kind of like a Sean, right? Like, this is a conflict that you have between, like, do I want to date, like, JT or do I want to date Sean, right? Like, or, like, do I want to date, like, I don't know. Like, that. that's, like, what your conflict is. When, when, when the dark side is cheating, it's not, like it's like no go away that's a red flag like that's the thing it's like if if it was a case of like Dylan was I don't know like wore leather jackets and like I don't know like smoked in the alley that'd be one thing but that's not what Dylan has and then there's this weird thing that they're trying to say that he's like reckless and things like that and it's like no, that's not really, like, cheating's not that, rec- like, it's not, like, I wouldn't consider it reckless, per se. It, it's just, like, I feel like a lot of words don't quite match with the intent, and I think ultimately what they're trying to do is put Marco in that kind of classic situation of, like, do you go with the reliable one? Do you go with the one that's a little more edgy? But they're, Dylan's not edgy. Like, I wish he was. That would be a fun You know thing to see play out For LGBTQ plotline But it's not
1: It's It's the classic Like it's Sarah Reese Brennan Wrote a excellent article about this Um she's the author of The Demons Lexicon series Mm -hmm. Um I used to read her uh, Harry Potter fan fiction Um Um she she says like every every what call it every love triangle is made up of like the two sides, uh the cake and the sandwich, and like what is the cake? Well the cake is just like it's fun it's nice like you're not technically supposed to have it but you also shouldn't eat it for every meal. While well, the sandwich it's good it's reliable and like it's gonna be there for, like for always for you. And like the thing is though you always want the cake more. And that is such a stupid like love triangles in general are stupid. Right. Right. Like and that is such a stupid like it shouldn't be like one is the like sexy dangerous one and one is just the boring like who cares one. Like if you're going to do if you if you absolutely feel you must have this terrible trope make both options equally viable.
0: Yeah. I think that, and I also feel like, I feel like a real conflict that, a real manifestation of this conflict, a lot of the time comes into, like, especially for a teenager, I could see this conflict coming up in the sense of one is very, like, book smart, definitely going to college, like, definitely going to be doing, like, you know, what is expected, and the other one maybe wants to not go to college or pursue art or, like, pursue music like both having passions just perhaps one being more what your parents may want you to do versus the other yeah like like with Dylan it's just he's an asshole he hasn't been nice since he's come back he's been only like invading personal space and like everything he's not like he's not interesting I don't know how else to put it like it's like this isn't really a contest. Neither I would say is the best for Marco, but Tim is certainly better because he's not going to be a total dick.
1: They they should literally just like they should do the end of um they should do the end of the graduate, but it's just Marco and Ellie running to the bus.
0: Yeah yeah uh, yeah, it's just like one of those weird things where it's like I understand like there there is something to be said about a plot in which it's like you know there sometimes you do have somebody that just doesn't quite leave your head, and if they do say that they have grown or if they took the measures like if Paige actually said like you know he's been like, I don't know, going to therapy or something like that, some sort of like evidence that he was like growing. And then Marco is kind of at this impasse of do I let somebody back in who has claimed that they have worked on their shit and sounds like they have or do I move on? There's no point in going back. Like You got to keep moving forward. That would be compelling. And I think that's a really real conflict that everyone has, maybe not as a teenager, but he, but as an adult, um, you know, do I take this person back? What what needs to happen for it? And, and, you know, there are successes and failures of that. A lot of failures. But we have. You know, it's it's a real conflict I think a lot of people have, but it's, like, it just, it, it seems like, like, I, I usually connect so much with Marco, and in this moment, I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? This is
1: stupid. <laughs> it's stupid.
0: It is! It's just, like, it's dumb. It's, like, it's not... It's, like, the fact that he has, like, the fucking audacity to talk to Ellie as if this is some grand conflict, it's so disingenuous, I feel like, from, like, the the writing perspective. Like, this isn't a conflict, at least not in the way that, that you're supposed to be led to believe it is.
1: Um, and, like, also... <sighs> I think I'm like I think I'm just exercising my wishes on the characters again. But Ellie should be like, hey, remember the pieces I had to pick up after this? I don't want to do that again. Real.
0: But I think that's the thing because it's like I feel like when this type of thing happens, you, there's there is that real force, uh, like your friends, like the fact that Paige is so lackadaisical about this is so confusing to me because she had to pick up both their pieces to a certain extent she had to pick up her brother's pieces for fucking up and then she also had to pick up marco's pieces for being hurt like if i saw that happening and i knew how much in like you know time and effort that went into resolving that the first time i'd be like what the fuck are you doing um and then similar to ellie like she did have to be a support and now that might happen again like fuck no your friends are the ones who are gonna be like really fucking suspicious. And that also can be, once again, an interesting plot to have. Like you're trying to bring someone back, your friends are not fucking having it, so what do you do? Like, that's also a very real conflict that happens with this type of stuff. Um,
1: I, I, I honestly feel. Uh, I know we need to move on. We've been on the we ha- we've been on the same scene forever. I yeah. honestly feel like DeGrassi is just like we want points because we want to focus mainly on the two boys kissing.
0: Right. That's kind of how it feels. But like so, because then the this scene ends with something which also pisses me off, which is the fact that um, Marco was getting messages from Dylan when he says that he doesn't want them, and then he was told like you know don't contact me. Um so we get to the next scene where we have Marco zooming to to Dylan's um, to yell at him and tell him to stop emailing. And Dylan's just like, yeah, but like, oh, like, you know, clearly we still have feelings for each other. And Marco's like, leave me alone. And And I think the thing is also is like this is setting to me a, a very I feel like it's setting a very unsettling precedent in the sense of like what is it really so bad that Marco still has feelings for Dylan? It's not the end of the world. And I think a lot of people take a long time to, to fall out of love with someone. It's not an easy process. It's not instantaneous, but like Dylan kind of just seems like he's preying on the fact that, that Marco is not over him and he's looking at it like a vulnerability and, and it just really unsettles me. And, And obviously, like, does this mean that every single LGBTQ, you know, plot has to be the paragon of healthiness and healthy dynamics? No, it doesn't. But. The way but there's a way to frame it as this is not a great behavior, but unfortunately it happens and this is something that should be celebrated and the way that this plot ends leads me to believe that it's supposed to be celebrated. And that's when I get particularly pissed off.
1: Well, because it's the same things we've seen every bad, every relationship in this show is problematic in one way or another. Right. Like, this is just, this is just Peter and Emma
2: 2.0. Right.
1: Like, it's just like, you did something terrible in the past... And I'm just gonna let it slide because love of my life. And it's just it's stupid. Like it's pointless mm-hmm. and stupid and like Degrassi, you should fucking know better. Yeah. Like like I know like we're always harping on like this, but like Degrassi, you're trying to you're trying to teach kids a lesson. And the lesson is not just like, hey, have these weird, codependent, unhealthy relationships where mm-hmm. People can fuck you over whenever they want. And you're not, you're just going to keep going back to them. And it's, right. it, th- that's the way it's supposed to be. So, right. so oh, like after Marco and Dylan have their confrontation, I just now I'm just like frustrated with this whole thing. I just wanted to end this. I'm sorry.
0: I just like, I feel like I really like picked it apart until we got to like the, the exact thing. And we're just like, fuck.
1: Um, um, boy, I, like I, <laughs> Donnie, last week or like two weeks ago on our Uh, two-year anniversary episode, you asked "What is it like to be on Teen Girl Talk. This is what it's like, where I'm, like, activated and angry. Yeah, it's just,
0: like, it's bullshit. Um, But, like, we also go into, okay, so we go to the hall. Tim gives Marco a four-leaf clover. It's in, like, a little, like, Tiffany-colored box. And, like, Marco's like, hmm. And then he sees that it's a four-leaf clover. And he's like, oh, well, thank you for the good luck. Um,
1: Which, now that we're talking about it is harder than buying some jewelry because is easily available. How many times do you see a fucking four leaf clover?
0: Right? Like he definitely like went through the field quite a bit to try and find one. And that was a big one too. <laughs> I don't know. It was sweet. It was very high school, but it was sweet.
1: Yeah. Like that, that's the good, that's the good high school stuff. So, right. um, cut to Mrs. Cut to Mrs. Kwan's class. Finally. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> And Ellie says, like, I'm so burned out. All I did, I think, for the second essay question, I just wrote White Stripes lyrics. And Frank was just so pumped that he got to hear the words White Stripes.
0: It's (laughs) true. (laughs) Um,
1: I'm so glad Ellie and I listened to the same music at the same time.
0: I'm really happy for you.
1: Um,
0: Actually, sincerely.
1: Sorry. I know this is yet another tangent, and, like, we, we need to keep powering through. But my heart, like... I'll explain how this is tangentially related The White Stripes At one point Jack White did an Amazing album with Lada Um And then like Ludolyn, always Reminds me of Dolly Parton And I just want to point out Just like we're still You know for those listening from the future Um (laughs) Uh Dolly Parton Is helping to save like Save us from this pandemic Have you heard about this, Donnie? No! So, back in 2013, Dolly Parton got in a car accident and it required her to undergo surgery and she met this doctor um, Mm. whose name I'm going to look up um, and they became friends and Mm. they maintained their friendship for the last seven years and, you know, the pandemic hit um, and uh, whatchamacallit um, he k- came up he approached her and said hey uh, Dr. Naji, excuse me um, for those I'm, I'm going to horribly mispronounce this Dr. Naji Ab- uh, Abumrad he said hey I have an idea I've been doing research into this um, do you think you can uh, like help with a donation she donated a million dollars and then asked for people to, like, try and match her donation. She put her <laughs> money. And it's, like, really promising research. And, like, just, like, this once again reminded me how much I love Dolly Parton. And, like, you know, Dollywood existed just to give people in that area jobs. And, like, the work she does to combat child illiteracy. Mm-hmm. Dolly Parton is, like, a, will always be one of my heroes. Yeah. Um, and we're going out on Jolene. So Sounds just replace, good. To just replace Dylan with or just replace Jolene with Dylan. <laughs> um <laughs> Jesus. So anyway, um and that's also a white stripes cover. Boom.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Everything's
1: so anyway. connected. So anyway, um um which call uh, Paige invites Marco over her house for Ryan Reynolds' marathon, back when Ryan Reynolds wasn't good Um, and, uh, he's like, but Dylan will be there And she's like, he'll be gone by the time we get there, besides we'll also be in the basement
0: Once again, like, she's so lackadaisical, it's so weird to me
1: It, it pa- Paige is being written OOC, um, please don't flame. Um so then, they get to uh, Paige's house, and Dylan is still playing poker with his buddies. Um, and like, as it's much awesome. as I, as much as I dislike Dylan, this is a fucking power move, and I have to give it credit. He's like, Anton, have you seen my latest tattoo? And just whips his shirt off and doesn't put it back on. <laughs> and Marco is like, just chest struck. And he just is staring at that chest. Um, And Dylan is like, oh, like Marco's a big chicken. He won't play poker with us. And Marco, of course, gives in and plays poker. And he's losing badly because he's Marco. Um, (laughs) And I'm sure he's very nervous about making bets. Um, So they have a big confrontation. Um, as Marco goes all in on the last hand, Dylan like freaks out and like shoves over the chips and whatnot, and they have an argument. Marco is basically just like, "This is, look, we're over. I have a new boyfriend who I like very much." Um, Marco and Tim leave, and it's very clear they are not going to stay together, and then they just. Uh, Marco dumps Tim
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean it's that classic Thing of just like the one is Really trying to like <sighs> The one is really trying To um, uh, Is really trying to like Point out all the ways to make it work And it's just not hap- It's just not gonna happen
0: No and, and good on Marco for not dragging it out Any longer
1: um, cut even to
0: the if next I'm not day. happy for
1: why cut to the next day, uh, Dylan is waiting for Marco. Once again, A just terrible, nice guy move. Mm-hmm. They have a conversation where Marco says the same thing that this is basically just Emma and Manny's conversation all over again before, you know, Emma started making out with Peter. Um, and it would be re- I guess it's too much to expect from a college freshman, but it would be really nice if they didn't have this exchange, which is Marco saying, you really hurt me. Um, and Dylan saying, I'm never going to do it again. Uh, what the two of them saying, this is going to be a process. It's going to be tough, but we can make it through. Even though I don't want this to happen. It still happens. They share an o- a very good kiss. Credits.
2: At what cost?
1: D minus. This episode, like, this... I don't think I've given out that low a grade since... In a while. Since, um... What was that bad one in the car where they just kept farting? Drive? Yeah. Not since Drive. Because, like, everybody is just so incorrigible and terrible in this episode. And everything is just awful. Right. I don't care, like, about this episode. Like, this episode didn't happen. Like, I'm just gonna be like, oh, Dylan and Marco about to go. That's new. like... <laughs> It's it's awful. It's awful. I don't care for this episode. No. K- character rankings: just about everybody's going down. Um, Alex is remaining where she is because she is a perfect gem, who a perfect cinnamon roll, too good, too pure for this world. Um, Marco's going down. Dylan's going down. Tim. Tim, what would have been a good boy? Tim's going to be a very good boyfriend to somebody who actually deserves him
0: yeah tim is just uh, the thing is is like i wish there was more of a discussion of like that weird like you know when there's only so many gay kids and it's like well do we date i don't know is there any point in us dating like do we actually like each other or is it just proximity like it could have been that but no you're right he'll be somebody's very sweet nerdy theater boyfriend and it will be very good for him when it happens
1: some somebody points that out at the like in Mass Effect Three where you finally get the option to date dudes as a dude, where they're just like, you only gave me like two options. What if I like, what if I like Bowie and one of them likes the Beatles and the other one likes the Rolling Stones? What am I gonna do then? <laughs> <laughs> um, Paige is going down too because it's just like Paige how could you not like figure this out? Um, Ellie just. For mentioning the white stripes gets to bump up a bunch of points. Uh, biology teacher, I really like him. I think he's a big sweetheart. He gets to bump up some points. Mhm. Der- um, Danny is just going down. He is just not a good little brother. Um, Liberty, given our discussion, she gets to stay where she is.
2: i mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going to deduct points from that. Um, Derek. Clutched it out at the end. And once I realized he wasn't doing it for scummy reasons, I, th- I think he deserves to bump up a few spots. I think that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a hard episode to watch. I just... I don't know. We'll talk about recommendations. This is where I recommend things that are related or not. Um, my recommendation is not media. It's don't go back to your ex- just don't, unless they take very intense accountability for it. They probably haven't really grown all that much. Sitting in a room thinking really hard about how you screwed up does not really count as growing. And if they tell you that they've thought a lot about it and that they've changed and that's kind of it, probably not. It's not worth the heartache. Keep moving forward. Find your nerdy little theater person or whatever you're into. Find a gentle jock. Find whatever. Don't go back probably not worth it and i guess that's kind of it because to be real with you all i've been doing is playing animal crossing and real and watching real housewives of beverly hills so unless you want to check out those two things that's literally all that's going on in my brain
1: um in regards to the cheating listen to album of the year by the good life that is probably one of the definitive out cheating albums um which comes at you from all angles like, people were having discussions about, like, oh, so and so, um, like, cheated on this person, but then he used it to, like, sell his album. And I'm just like, yeah, well, just, I like, wish everybody was just like Tim Casher, who's like, I'm a scumbag. I know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm fully owning up to it. Um, the other thing is, we've talked a lot about porn on this episode. Um, I want to um, suggest my favorite col- one of my favorite collections called uh, Slow Hand Women Writing Erotica.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a group of stories uh, which are very good. but my favorite is the one about um, ravishment um, because it it like shows what that should look like. As opposed to like what a lot of people think it is, and it was just very like eye opening for me.
0: Oh, I'll I'll recommend some porn too then. Um, why not? Um, there's a collection called Nerve Endings, the new new trans erotic, um, which was edited by Toby Hillmeyer, um, which um I've checked out, which I really enjoyed. If you are interested in trans erotica um written by trans people uh this is definitely a way to to check it out um you can get it for paperback you can get it for ebook um whichever but um check out instar books uh because i know that going to bookstores may not be the easiest right now um but instar is the uh publisher that you can get it
1: um i'm also gonna uh we were talking about love triangles and whatnot I also want to recommend my friend Samantha Allen's, uh, podcast. You should see the other guy, <laughs> um, where she and her co-hosts, um, discuss movies where the protagonist should have gone with another, um, with another one, like with the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they've done like pretty in pink, uh, PS, I love you. um, it's pretty. It's a very good show.
0: Nice. I should probably uh, check that out.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, and take us home, Donnie.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've made it through, Frank. Uh, Somehow, someway. 99! Um,
1: 99! 99. <laughs>
0: 99. <laughs> anyway, um, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can check us out. Um on social media. We're on Facebook at I hope I can make it through podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at I hope pod. Um, I am finally back to posting things on the Twitter and I've been trying my best to check on the Facebook might as well keep it consistent. Um, but, um, so if you put anything on there, I will definitely be seeing it. Um, you can also email us at I hope pod at gmail.com. Um, where we would love to see any questions, comments, concerns. If you're interested in appearing on the show, um, we have a pretty loose recording schedule, but we would love to fit you in. Um, so if you're interested, feel free to email us along with like what episodes you may be interested in, whether it's you want to focus on a character or a certain episode that you just know off the top of your head you want to be on, et cetera, et cetera. Just let us know. Um, there's a couple ways you can support our show. Um, you can always give money to our coffee account. Um, or you can leave rating and or review for us. Um, Thank you everybody who has so far. Once we hit certain thresholds, we'll give you back with some bonus content. Um, If you want to keep in touch with me, your best bet is following me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. Um, I have a couple things going on on there. Um, I post a bit, mostly I'm writing a lot of fanfic right now. Um, I'm also editing a zine, um, which you can check out on Twitter at Zine. Uh, which is focused on the fire emblem ship Dimidou, which is to do and Dimitri um, and it is a uh, nonprofit zine uh, we're raising all the funds for um, Nami um so we're hopefully sending it for some mental health support um, that's kind of it right now for major for my major projects, but feel free to follow me. Um, I know I don't always talk about Degrassi on there, but if you ask me anything, I will gladly drop everything to talk to you. I really love when people DM me their Degrassi thoughts. It's legitimately one of my favorite things. So please don't hesitate to do so.
1: Um, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk that I do with my sister. Um, I'm not sure what's coming out this week because we haven't recorded it yet. Uh, all I know is we've done victorious um for our summer reruns uh month uh yeah
0: awesome so that being said everybody uh we hope you can keep making it through and that you're gonna be there with us see you next week later bye bye